This episode of the Tech Sphere is brought to you by Private Internet Access, which is $2.91 US a month. Get two years of secure internet browsing. Follow the link in the show notes below for more info. Sydney's Freshest Tech Podcast, hosted by Harry and Andrew. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Tech Sphere. This is episode number eight. My name is Harry. And I am Andrew. And on today's very special episode, we'll be talking about internal documents leaked from Intel, confirms 9th gen i3 and i5 CPUs. Samsung phones are randomly sharing photos to people's contacts. And Google explains Gmail privacy after controversy. After all that, we'll be joined by Sam and Oliver for a roundtable discussion on artificial intelligence. So yes, as we said, this is a very, very special episode. We got some awesome stuff coming up that uh, is not like our other podcast. Yeah. So, you know, you may be able to notice that, you know, this it sounds a little, a little bit nicer. A little bit nicer, a little bit crisper. Yes. All for your ears to enjoy. And so, the reason for that yes, is well, because we're in a special because, place. Because of Sam and Oliver coming in today, we decided that we thought we needed to do a bit, do a bit of an upgrade. So we are actually in a professional studio. And my gosh, is it nice and professional to <laughs> say the least. Yes. So, what a space. Yeah. So we're uh, currently in Forbes Street Studio. Yeah, which is um, based in Woolloomooloo. Specifically William Street in Sydney. So if you are from Sydney and you're looking for a professional space. That's not too expensive. That's that, that, yeah, that's not too expensive. By the way, this is not sponsored. No. We're saying the truth. We just love them. It is a nice place. Yeah. Our first time here and uh, there's good impressions. And hopefully not the last. Hopefully not the last indeed. But I think we should get on with the podcast. A little note before, Harry is actually sitting in a, in a special seat today. Oh. Because about, what is it, one o'clock now? About an hour and a half ago, Troy Savon was sitting in it. Did you see him? I didn't see him, no, oh, um, but, disappointed. But, but Nick, the, the nice guy that works here, um, said that, yeah, he just left a couple of minutes before I arrived. That's actually so disappointing. It anyway. is. <laughs> Let us continue. Okay. So first up, Intel accidentally leaks their new ninth gen processors. Yep, that is the uh, i3 and i5. So the i7 has seemed to have missed out on this ninth gen step up. Yeah, um, I was actually really curious why they're doing that. Yeah, it's... It, who knows, it might, it, it might be in the works, just uh, not, not confirmed yet. So these models um, actually appeared in a document that was uh, passed around internally within Intel. Yeah. Um, and it, it, basically, it basically is your 8th gen with a facelift. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not like your... plastic surgery. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's not your next, your next um, generation as such, as they've done before in the past um, processor, but it will be a bit of a step up compared to the current um, Coffee Lake. Yeah. And if we all know Intel CPUs, they are ones that don't disappoint, especially in the Adobe world. <laughs> don't get me started. Uh. <laughs> uh, so yeah, hopefully we should be seeing these, you know, in the market around 2019, you know, hopefully. And, you know, obviously it's too early to speculate, you know, the performance and how they should actually be going. But, you know, well, we hope very much that they're going to be better than the 8th gen series. Yeah, we can only hope for the best. And uh, if if you're un- unfamiliar with the Coffee Lake generation at the moment, um, they've actually brought uh, six cores basically to the streamlined mm. CPU world. So um, 
everything except the i3 at the moment uh, is a hex core, uh, which means you get a total of 12 threads. Of course, that's the exception of these. Um, which platform is it? The one that has... Uh, I, I just, I don't, there's, there's just so many things. I've, yeah. I've kind of lost There's track. many CPUs. So. Yeah. <laughs> but it's something to look out for. Surely it probably would start showing up in uh, in laptops and all the new yeah. high-performance laptops and um, CPUs. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. next story. This kind of comes a, a, a bit of a, a blow to me personally. because I, I love it as an phone. Apple fan. You know. <laughs> I bet you do. Oh, we love it. You evil person. Anyway, <laughs> Samsung phones. Shut up, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's smoking in the corner over there. <laughs> so we've got... Samsung phones are randomly sharing photos to other people by text message. Without their users' knowledge. Yeah, which is That's pretty the bad. Part. So, uh, so the offending <laughs> app is Samsung's own messaging app, which honestly I don't even use, so I haven't had any problems with it. Um, and, but you know what, what makes it even worse is the fact that it, it doesn't even show that the message has been sent. Yeah, it doesn't even show up in the... What do you call it? Inbox, in the, outbox, yeah, whatever thing. And you know, victims are simply informed by you know the, the people <laughs> that have received a photo, informed of their uh, potential breakups. Uh, <laughs> that's a pretty big blow. It's yeah, it is. It is quite quite scary because um, in in, in a couple of cases actually, um, there has been where there's been cases where a phone has set their entire photo gallery. <gasps> oh to no! Someone. So that would be unfortunate. Someone, yeah, yeah. <laughs> someone on Twitter, sorry, not not Twitter, on Reddit, mm-hmm. same thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, by the username of, uh, yeah, don't laugh, rub some lotion. <laughs> oh my God, yes. <laughs> so on his Galaxy S9, um, he, he stated that last night around 2.30 a.m., my phone sent her, I'm not sure who her is, probably his other half, Yeah. my entire photo gallery over text, but there was no record of it. On my messages app. Oh. However, there was a record of it on the logs from, from T-Mobile. Mm. Um, yeah, and he's questioning why would this happen, which is a good question. Yeah, I, I'm sure a lot of people are. So, yeah. you know, Samsung has said they're looking into it, but uh, there's a lot of speculation that it's probably got to do with the recent changes that Samsung, uh, or, you know, not just Samsung, a lot of different companies that have, have been implementing with the RCS messages which, which is you know we, we actually covered we did yeah we did cover a few episodes i think in episode two yeah I mean, i'm not too sure yeah but anyway so it allows you to send messages that are you know kind of similar to iMessage. so they come a, they get sent over the internet rather than sent as a yeah, text message so it's all it's all a, a data-based uh, messaging system basically similar to i'm sure you're familiar with facebook messenger yeah um same sort of deal so you can send emojis you can send stickers gifts memes the big thing today yeah those things. <laughs> but you know what? It'd be pretty unfortunate if, you know, you just accidentally get like a dick pic or something sent to yeah, your mum. Yeah, right? Like, it's just like, oh, you know, mum, you haven't talked to your mum for like you know, six six months or something. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I've got a photo. What is it going to be? for my pic? son. Oh, 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 that's okay. Okay then. Yeah. It's a way to start a communication, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, awkwardness. Yeah. Lots of awkward, <laughs> uh, awkward uh, situations can arise from that. But hopefully they get it resolved soon. Hopefully, yeah. If they don't, you know, there's always Apple out there for you to choose. Yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be too much of a problem with Australia because not a lot of the carriers still yeah. support yeah. Um, RCS. But because, you know, Australia is always, we're always, always behind. Yeah. Possibly for a good reason. Who knows? Yeah. Oh, I, th- I think Nick just left the house. Oh. 
Goodbye, Nick. So Thank Nick is know. our producer. Well, not producer. Our, our specialist. Anyway. So, <laughs> talking about controversy, mm-hmm. Gmail and Google, they Google. just don't know when to stop, do they? <laughs> Earlier last week, um, Google was in... <laughs> a, bit of, a bit of hot bother, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. Like, so Bas- what... Ha- yeah, go on. So, basically, um, there's been reports that third-party apps were able to read users' emails. Um, what? Now, with Google being able to read, well, not read specifically, but but capture information from your emails is not a new thing. No. Um, for a while now, they've been doing that in order to get more specific targeted ads in your Gmail and wherever in your browser, you know? Yeah. So, not new, but the fact that third-party apps are, or was at least, be able um, to read your emails, that's that's not good. No, no. So in a blog post, uh, Google actually out, uh, outlined saying that, you know, outside software developers, you know, they're able to vet their third-party apps that, you know, that they allow onto the service. And, you know, the companies are only allowed to request relevant data that they think best accurately represents themselves. Yeah, within a certain guideline, obviously. Like, there's got to be some regulations around yeah. what they take. Um, and Google does, well, does normally control that pretty well. Yeah. Um, and there's a, a, a good process that companies go through in order to join, well, not join, but ask Google for their, you know, for their permission to be yeah. able to get data from it. So there's quite a, there's quite a good security step, um, that they have to take. Um, uh, but obviously, you know, mistakes are still made. Um, mistakes in quotation marks. Yeah. <laughs> So apparently one developer or one marketing company was able to, with their free email organizing tools, they were able to, you know, read 8,000 email or users' emails over two years. 8,000 emails. To, you know, help develop their company software, which is... Wow. It's... At least it's not... I mean, it's bad. It's bad. Oh, it's bad. It's not as Facebook bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Actually, a quick side note on that. Um, Driving around yesterday, I saw at a bus stop one of those electronic sign things. It said, uh, data sharing or whatever is not our friend. And it's Facebook. (laughs) Facebook is advertising. We're not advertising. We're putting up (laughs) around. I've actually been seeing a lot of that. Oh, like a lot of advertising from Facebook recently. Yeah. Really apologizing. Yeah. Which I, look, I don't blame them. They yeah. kind of did need to. But move, yeah. Just <laughs> funny. Need to move, but, um, yeah. Mm. So, yeah, Google. Uh, Picture stuff. Once again, Google's in the news again. This actually happened uh, on Friday the 6th yes, of July, yes. which actually very, wasn't that long ago. Very recent. Um, well, three days ago upon recording. So, you know, as, as we've uh, mentioned past, in past episodes of the TechSphere, um, Google is actually looking for a new headquarters. Yeah. So, you know. New, the, new giant office. Yes. So, you know, they, they've, you know, trying to be in Sydney and haven't had much luck. Because, mm. you know, the last because thing. Sydney. Yeah, Sydney. <laughs> what happened last was the New South Wales government's, government just said, no, nah, we don't like your idea. Yeah. So what they were well, what they were going to do is they were actually going to be, uh, kind of reusing the area in carriage works. Yes, that's right. Um, repurposing, well, yeah, remaking. Some, some, yeah, yeah. Anyway, remodeling it. We we digress. So what happened is the fa- they haven't found the um, the new uh, head office, but what they've done is they've opened up a new office in Melbourne, which mm. is I think pretty cool. 
think um, it's their first step for infiltration yeah. within the, <laughs> the <laughs> east coast of Australia. Yeah. So it's, it's actually pretty cool. So they took out 1,300 square metres of uh, land and they made a revamped an Art Deco office. And it looks really nice. Yeah, like from the pictures, they look pretty cool. Like if anyone knows me personally knows that I'm a fan of like aesthetics yeah. and nice, cool looking places, industrial looking places. So yeah. From the little pic that we can see here, it's, it's lovely. Yeah. I would like to work there. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, in case you want to stalk uh, Google at all, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, <laughs> they do it to it's, us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's on, oh, it's at 161 Collins Street on the corner of Russell Street. So mm. in, that's in Melbourne, of course. Yep. yep. Um, and it actually, it holds 100 staff members, which I think yeah. is pretty cool. Can they make the 101, please? Please. <laughs> <laughs> While all that is happening, they're still planning to have their headquarters in Sydney. Yes. Um, with them, Melbourne lead Sean McDonald stating that we've made it pretty clear that Sydney is where headquarters will be. So just, they won't give up? No, nope. you know, they just have to find the right place and hopefully the government says yes. So currently Google does currently have a temporary headquarters located in Sydney's media hub, which is Piermont, you know, so that's opposite the Star Casino. So, you know, they're able to quickly, something good happens, they get yeah. some, some, you know, good stock coming in, just go straight to the casino, spend all the money, you know, as you do. <laughs> and, you know, it's also surrounded by, you know, other media giants in Australia, such as uh, Channel 10, Nova Entertainment, you know, so that's like Smooth FM, all that kind of stuff. Yep. And Macquarie Media. Mm. It's a prime spot, really. Yeah, it really a lot is. Of, a lot of the media things and technological giants. And it's also near the uh, fish markets, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So, you know, get Good a bit for of the fish. employees. Yep. All right. That's it for Google. That's all they have time for in our <laughs> little episode of the Tech Sphere. Yes. Um, I think it's time we, some, we pay some bills, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Bill time. Andrew, we've all been in this situation, surfing on the web at home, at work, or on the go. But while we're busy watching YouTube clips, someone else could be watching us. That's right. While connected to public Wi-Fi, there could be anyone spying on you. And it's easy as that. Even on your home Wi-Fi, your ISP can tell what you're looking at and when. However, we have a solution for you. And that's private internet access. PIA is a simple-to-use VPN service that provides state-of-the-art multi-layered security and privacy. It can allow you to browse the internet privately and securely your IP address from the real world and even supports torrenting. All this on up to five devices simultaneously. They have over 3,000 servers in 28 countries, which even allow you to unblock sites while traveling. Simply follow the link in the show notes below and sign up for two years of secure internet browsing for only $2.91 US a month. And if you're not happy, you get a seven-day money-back guarantee. Wow, that's pretty good. It's available on Windows, Mac, iPhone, Android, Linux, and Chrome. To get PIA, follow the link in the show notes. Always remember, kids. Use protection. Oh, yeah. Now, on to our roundtable discussion that all of you have been waiting for. Um, it is time to start that, and off we go right into it. So over the past few years, we have seen an ex- exponential growth in artificial intelligence. We now have computers that can drive people around, virtual assistants that can somewhat interact with us and perform simple tasks for us. There's even a robot that went from being unable to beat a reasonably good Go player a Chinese board game, onto being able to beat the best player in the world. On top of that, there's even a robot that beat that robot in a game of Go. That, that is pretty crazy. Yeah. So yeah, as we mentioned before, we will be we're we're being joined by some special guests. So we've got Sam. Hello. And we've got wait, where's Oliver gone? 
unfortunately, Oliver's not particularly well today, so he was not able to be here. And I think that really this is indicative of a huge problem of humans that we're faulty. Uh, <laughs> you know, we can break down organically all the time. Um, and so to replace Oliver, we have gotten a very topical guest, a new version of Oliver himself. Oh, my Oliver. God. Hello, my name is Oliver 2.0. Oliver that. doesn't usually talk like that. He's a Kiwi. <laughs> but Oliver 2.0 is a better version of Oliver. Of course. So he's an Australian. Wow. Mm. That's, that's <laughs> my first time meeting Oliver, so uh, it's great to meet him. Even uh, though I can't exactly see him, but uh, no worries. So, uh, Oliver, um, what are you here to talk about, really? I am here to talk to you, an advocate for why constructed life forms, such as sentient robots, should be given rights equal if not superior to those afforded to the human species. Well, I'm not sure I necessarily agree, but uh, I, I think that's I, the point of roundtable discussion. I feel threatened. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's, it's quite a strong statement to make there, Oliver. Um, but, I mean, that's what AI is, and it's it's a topic that is quite controversial. So, yeah. shall we dive right into it? Yes, yeah. let's. Artificial intelligence. It's a big word. It's a big word. It is, it's, isn't it? It's one that always causes... Uh, Conflicts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's tricky because you've got artificial intelligence, which is a long, you know, term to express it with, and then you've got AI, which is very short. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big contrast there. <laughs> so artificial intelligence um is if you don't know, um, which I'm I, I highly doubt that you don't know. Uh basically it's it's a what is it, a term that that describes um well just that artificial intelligence. So any machine, any any robots, any Google. Google is a good example. <laughs> Any bit of, of computer tech that um, is able to carry out tasks and mimic uh, humans or think just like uh, humans do, yeah. performing different tasks. So there are two main types of AI that are existent in this world. Um, so we've got narrow AI, which is probably the most common type of um, artificial yeah. intelligence that we've got. So, you know, it's designed to do just one task. So, you know, for example, it could be to drive a car. It could be to answer your questions. It could be face detection, all that kind of stuff. And I correct in saying that that can go even down to the simplest form of just calculating numbers. Yeah, like definitely. Like a standard calculator. Yeah. 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 yeah, it can really stretch the term a little bit there. Yeah. Um, and then there's also strong AI. Big, strong AI. <laughs> you usually speak with an accent a bit like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Of course. <laughs> Um, and so that kind of like breaks into a different field of something that's called AGI, which stands for um, artificial general intelligence, which is you know a machine be able, being able to successfully perform any task it's given to the you know the same extent as a human could. And that's the kind of things cool. that you see in you know, the sci-fi movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Machines being able to uh, to do tasks and and you know potentially override humans. Yeah, and like generally know, having a you know a sort of more human like search for a higher function. I think in uh, yeah. most of those movies, particularly um, Ridley Scott. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Well, that's where morals start to play a play a good <laughs> a, a good role a good role in in the world of artificial intelligence. So I think what we should probably do is we should probably start off with you know what are some interesting or even you know scary things that AI that you think can think of about you know, in, in today's society, that kind of thing. I mean, most of the interesting things, um, you know, there's obviously all the functions of AI. Yeah. And that's more the, the ge- uh, not the general AI, but the narrow AI. Mm. Um, and then, you know, you start having thought experiments about the future of AI and where it's all going and where it can all 
Go. There's, I mean, in in place like in in narrow AI, take for an example, um, a car that can drive itself. Yeah. There's always in whatever part of AI, there's there's always going to be that part of morality or or ethics. If I don't know, for example, there's there's a a, a very common argument out there where, say, a car is approaching a very risky situation, um, and it's a matter of, you know, potentially harming two or three lives versus one life. Yeah. What do you? What do? You, what should humans do in terms of programming to tell the car how to avoid it? How to, you know, which which is the better of of the scenarios to take? Mm. I think one of the tricky things is that even though um, you know potentially self driving cars could reduce the number of accidents on the road, people still want to know who we sort of go after if something does happen. Yeah. Mm. You know, do you go after the company? Do you go after people in the car? Who do you blame? Yeah. Well, I know that was something that came up recently, you know, with all, I think it was um, Volkswagen. Volkswagen? Um, with, they, uh, there was a crash recently, wasn't there? Yeah. Or there's been a few, a couple of crashes recently. You know, Volvo. I think it was a Volvo um, that was controlled by Uber mm. um, that had, a, had a, a close call. Yeah. And I know, you know, they, they were like, oh, that I think the the main consensus was that the company is liable. Yeah, at the end, the company is liable. But that being the company that designed the car or the artificial intelligence, often they'd be both. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. But I think in this case, in, Probably the, in the car, I think Uber was was brought on as as the main advocate for for the issue. But obviously, um, through that, they would be contacting the manufacturers and yeah. everything else. Yeah, uh, yeah. So there's. Uh, a lot of issues that arise, um, especially with ethics. Yeah. <laughs> that is a big one because it's, like you said earlier today, it's it's a completely hypothetical yeah. uh, situation right now. So, Yeah. And, you know, knows? as a result, you've got lots of sort of, you know, thought experiments. And it's yeah. kind of hard to determine how these hypothetical questions should be answered. Exactly. Um, you know. The best we can really do at the moment is determine how we should start to answer them. Yeah, I think um, you know where we begin. Absolutely, and it's 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 something that we we have well, not have to, but we definitely should be bringing up in today's society because it's inevitable. It's going to happen. There's already machines out there. Um, yeah, just look at Google, like you said. For oh a, my god, Google's very duplex. fine example with their um, uh, their project on duplex, just their voice and. And the way it responds to actual humans and voice recognition and being able to mimic perfectly, almost perfectly, mm. a human voice. I mean, I signed up for uh, MyGov the other day. Yeah. And they were using voice recognition as um, the new standard. So I had, I had wow. a phrase like to say. Really? Um, oh, I, yeah. I, I won't, I I won't repeat it here because I don't know if that's a, a dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Okay. And so they made me say this phrase three yeah. times, and then apparently now that that's how I'll log into MyGov in future when I call them, you know, rather than having to slowly type my, you know, I various see. my date of birth and stuff yeah. into the yeah, phone yeah. number. Well, I know uh, just kind of going on a slight tangent from what you were saying, they they're doing a similar thing. It's probably all the same system, really, with um, the ATO. They didn't actually require me to actually say anything. Okay. Okay. They just based it off the conversation. Because, oh, no, I, I called them because I had an issue. Okay. And they were like, oh, mm. you know, we can set this up. You, you, you know, we'll just, if you don't mind, we'll use our conversation we've had today 
as like a verification. Yeah, I had, well, that, I had, I had an automated robot that right, was doing right, it. Right, right, right. Wow. Yeah. So look at that. It's already being. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's already. <laughs> you know, things are already happening. The first stages of it. Yeah. The first stages of uh, of a total world domination. I think it's also kind of interesting, you know. What areas we're comfortable with that, and yeah. and that sort of automation, and what areas are lagging behind? I mean, you know, school exams are still majoritively done pencil and paper. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, um, and we've had the technology in a way to change that for a long time, but you know, we're not really moving towards it. Yeah, I I, I think it at least in terms of HSC and all that kind of stuff, they probably won't, mm. or at least not for a very long time. Yeah, yeah, just from a a point of view in in. Well, cheating. Well, <laughs> yeah, cheat. Oh, it's not so much of a problem because I know um, what they do is they just pretty much lock off the computer, okay. yeah. so it yeah. can't. It can only be on this program. Mm. And if you leave the program, it will actually notify. Okay, right, so it'll right. say, oh, yeah. this yeah. person went off the program like six times." We're probably getting a bit <laughs> off track from artificial intelligence here. So I guess yeah. the question yeah. really is: Could a robot do your exams for you? Just upload a program into the laptop, off it goes. I, you yeah. know, I reckon we're not that far off. Hmm. Yeah. What, like, it'll be interesting to find out another thought experiment. Like, up until what time frame will it be where learning itself isn't becoming much of a necessity? I mean, mm. we're talking way in the future here, but. Yeah. I but, mean. Yeah. People still need to learn how to learn. Yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. we're a society that, for you now. know, doesn't. You know, we don't have one authoritarian, mm. you know, regime, benevolent or <laughs> benevolent. <laughs> yeah. But we, you know, we, as a democracy, all have our say. So people still need to know how to determine the their information. Yeah. Yeah. To take information. And that, that's part of learning, really. Backtracking for just a minute, I think um, in terms of, you know, we're starting to talk about benefits of um, artificial intelligence. Mm. Yeah. Talking about the scary aspects, um, I was reading about another, you know, Again, hypothetical and thought experiments uh, called Roko's Basilisk. Oh, yeah. Um, I think the idea there is that eventually if an AI was, you know, achieved a sufficient position of power, it would punish and torture those who opposed it getting into power. And that even extended to a benevolent AI that had a, you know, a supposed moral imperative to punish those who prevented it from doing its good works. Hmm. That sounds like hell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you know, there's there's lots of uh, hypothetical questions that we can ask. Hey, guys. Yeah. So I think that it is very clear and obvious that I'm of superior intelligence to you and that my opinions <laughs> on this subject should just be taken without question because Ooh. I am better. I strongly believe that you are wrong in suggesting that it is difficult to determine how these supposed hypothetical questions should be answered. It is clear to me that robots have full consciousness, equivalent okay. to humans, and must therefore be given superior rights to them. All right. Well, I mean... Okay. Yeah, I mean... Do they have full consciousness? Oh, he, he does, obviously. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all, all the, you know, he's sitting Thanks right here input, in the Oliver. studio with us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we appreciate your, your input. Um, yeah. That's quite a strong statement to make, though. Yeah, it is. You bet it is. I am a strong robo guy. Thanks for letting us know, Oliver. Yes, thank you, you, Oliver. You can go back in your box. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's yet another. Like that, and and that will probably go along with ethics because judging whether or not, if an artificial intelligence becomes so 
advanced. Mm. Will humans allow robots to have rights? Especially when, if 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 we ever reach a point where they become self-aware, as Oliver um, appears to be, <laughs> <laughs> then uh, we have issues to handle. Yeah, and I don't think even if if AI is somewhat heavily impl- implemented in our lives, not yet, but when, even at that time, I don't think humans will be ready to to establish the fact that robots have become self-aware and. Even if they're people who demand rights, what would we do? I think ultimately the situation is that robots can't necessarily act outside of their programming. Mm. Yeah. They are programmed for a purpose. And assuming that, you know, let's say we're living in a future where these robots are still expensive, they're going to be done mostly by corporations Mm. and they're Mm. going to be constructed for a purpose. That's very true, yes. And why would you give them a function outside of their functions? That would be both time and money for not only the company itself but yeah yeah um just resources being it's able just to code that in yeah yeah it's just it's just it takes time and it's just a waste almost mm. Mm. Um, yeah you've got a very good point there because i get yeah i mean yeah these robots are under our control i mean even robots they're acting in sort of human capacities like as i know psychotherapist sort of thing mm-hmm. um that's programmed empathy it's just, it's a programmed list of responses mm, um, you know and i <laughs> yeah. guess that can be a empathetic response to the problems of the person but it all be in terms like of, of but at the end of the day and... is a, a you know is there any real empathy behind that mm. empathy what makes you bleepers think i have no bleeping empathy for your pathetic little lives i don't think we were necessarily talking about you uh all about 2.0 no, of course um, not. no we like we like our two point zero. Yeah, he's yeah. a better. good guy. He's a yeah. good guy. He's, he's nice and behaved and quiet. Much better than the other one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, less Kiwi. Like, like you guys personally, what sort of areas would you like to see AI in life? What what sort of AI uh, machinery would would you think? Like, it depends if we're talking about sort of embodied AI or sort of like built in AI. I think built in, yeah. Because you know, you if you look at movies, you know, you've got. You know, so that these mainframe, uh, that's probably not the right word, um, you know, these sort of overruling computers, you know, that, you know, govern a ship, but ultimately they're, they're stationary. They can't yeah. move outside yeah. the ship. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then you've got the robots that actually go places that can do things that have arms and legs and, you know. They're free roaming. Yeah. They're free roaming types. And obviously they're for different tasks. I mean, robots with arms and legs and whatnot. You know, you can send them mining. You can send them into dangerous situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, you don't lose a human life. If something bad happens, you lose money. Which, you know... Is not so much of a problem if yeah. you're comparing it to human life. I don't think so. But, but, but if uh, they have, if those robots have rights... Yeah, yeah. exactly. If we determine that they have consciousness... Um, that's where the table turns. ...deserves protecting, yeah. That's where the table turns. Um, but, well, I just, want, I just want to have data from Star Trek. yes star trek where ai really really bloomed yes but you know like um i think where you know i would personally like to see more development in ai is in you know driverless cars because you know for the people who can't drive or you know elderly and all that kind of stuff i think driverless cars are a very appealing topic because they're very close to reality yeah Yeah. they already exist and they're just getting better and better and better all the time. And 
it is actually very it's very it's a very similar um issue to when the rise of drones mm-hmm. started coming around i mean i mean when- drones haven't fully sort of taken off if you're part of <laughs> the pun yet um <laughs> they haven't but um in in terms of like laws and rules and restrictions they only really started coming out after drones got popular yeah um, thanks casey yeah, yeah. <laughs> very yeah. true yep um but you know, yeah we are starting to see laws and rules and restrictions for drones yeah mm-hmm. yeah and again starting to see the same thing for self-driving cars yeah so it'd be interesting um, to see how how the people in power sort of work their way around uh in a rising technology in order to implement it well into society yeah but i think there's sort of with ai there's sort of a a feeling that we have to preempt this idea and have to legislate and yeah decide our position on it before if, anything actually mm-hmm. happens yeah so driverless cars is obviously become very popular heaps heaps of companies have really tackled the uh the idea um, yeah the only one that really stuck around is tesla yeah yeah with their autopilot which is a good name for it but people can often mistake in it <laughs> i think strangely yeah. uh Talking on Tesla, um, obviously it's the um, what is it the ninth of July, um, and so I think at this point four children have been rescued out of the cave in Thailand. Yep. yep. Mm. Um, and obviously, I'm sure you guys know about Elon Musk's proposal to build a miniature submarine. Mm. Yep, which yeah. Which I'm not sure if anything actually came of it. Um, yeah. It's a very sort of lucky PR move for him, you know, he doesn't really risk anything. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's an application that we can use AI for potentially, yeah. you know. Can we build robo-divers that can, you know, go in and save these kids without the, you know, the loss of life that we had with the the Navy SEAL that died? Mm. Yeah. I reckon in, in terms of machines and safety devices, there is a lot that we can do. Yeah. Yeah. Safety is a, a big priority. And then, you know, going back to the scary ideas... Mm. You then have the idea of, well, what is safety? Yeah. How do you, you know, program a robot that, um, I'm sure, you know, you can, you know, practice lots of things before turning it on, mm. um, but ultimately programming a robot that interprets safety properly. Mm. Um, In the way, yeah. Like, and, you know, again, it comes back to the question of if there's, you know, three people on one side of the road and one person on the other, who do you sort of have to aim for? Yeah. And how does it justify that decision? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys watch Vsauce, but occasionally, <laughs> every, occasionally. Every so occasionally, there was an episode in his Minefield um, oh, yeah. series that he did where um, he took a human um, and experimented. Where I think it was a, a railroad situation where there's four people on one track, uh, one person on the other track. So he actually and tried to act out the trolley problem sort of thing. The trolley problem, that's it. That's the one. Yeah. Um, it was uh, an experiment. All the all the people that was in there had no idea that w- what was going to happen. Um, I'm assuming that the train did actually stop before any of it. It was a completely fake recording. So <laughs> so what was displaying on the screen looked completely real and was like really actually happening, but um, it was all pre-recorded and put together. Oh, okay. okay. Well, so... No one was harmed. <laughs> um, so they recorded a sequence if you press the lever yeah, or if you don't. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it was really interesting because in, in, in those cases, there was, I think, a total of 10, just under 10 people uh, that that managed to, to go through um, the trolley problem and only two of them acted 
everyone else just froze. Right. Yeah. So in that situation, if, say, obviously AI would not freeze. Yeah, I mean, AI doesn't have to consider the moral question then and there because yeah. Yeah. it has that programmed into it. Exactly. So if if that is... In terms of response time to a risky situation, AI, AI would exceed tremendously. But there will always be that issue of, did it make the right choice? I guess yeah. there is also the problem of what happens if an AI... I mean, I guess we're talking about general artificial intelligence. Yeah. What if they haven't had that question programmed into them? Yeah. What if there is no law there in their programming to govern what to do in this situation? In which case, I guess obviously we're run over the five people, but... um. That uh, problem was was provided on on Vsauce, and if you guys haven't watched it yet, it's it's a really good uh, video to watch, and it it does provide a good thinking background. I just ran forty five thousand six hundred and seventy one simulations of the trolley problem. I survived every time. Oh my god! Oh, that's a, a bit worrying. But okay. uh, but did the others survive? They were, they were hypothetical. So I think okay, he, okay. he's learning. He's learning he's, that hypothetical yeah. questions do have to uh, be answered. At least someone survived. Bleep you. Boy, oh, geez, this uh, learning slow. <laughs> Where did he learn that from, though? Must have been on the internet in the past couple of seconds. <laughs> Actually, I guess we can then talk about uh, some sort of uh, like the the Twitter AIs. Yes, the learning programs, learning machines yes, yes, um, yes. that were fed uh, hate speech very quickly. Yeah, I think there was one a few years back yeah. who became a Nazi within oh, a yeah. few minutes <laughs> or a few hours. Mm-hmm. That's right. Actually, is that Microsoft? I think it was. Yeah, yeah they, they yeah. ran a Twitter bot, and there was another one as well as as one of the giant companies running an, an AI. I'm sure. Th- I'm sure there's been other occurrences, but I think Where, the yeah. Microsoft one was the most uh, prominent. Yeah, mm. yeah. Actually, on that, there's even um, what's the website called where you can have a conversation? Oh, chatbot. Chatbot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Actually, there's quite a few out there now. Yeah, there, there's a lot. There's a and lot, a lot yeah. of that happens because you know. Of human sort of not necessarily ill will, but just trolling, really. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, you know, it's a bit different. You know, when everyone has a free platform to the AI versus when it's you know kind of, sort of a more, I guess, regulated environment. Mm. Yeah, actually, yeah. If if that's also another point to bring up, if we get machines that are, are capable of learning from their their outside environments, um, obviously humans are going to be tempted to do things to the robot yeah you've got kind of they wouldn't technically be allowed to protect the robots yeah and then do you have to have robots to protect the robots that are learning <laughs> it's an endless cycle yeah well I mean I mean the protecting robots don't necessarily have to learn they could be just yeah, programmed just one, I guess but then if if their if their morals is, is if, if imagine if there's a fault in their coding mm. where they yeah, then, then you're arming robots with guns and that gets a bit scary yeah, yeah. like their purpose is to pr- protect robots yeah if if some I don't know some dude on the street starts whacking this robot and trying to kill it does this well I guess robot? It, it's not so much about whacking the robot and trying to kill it it's more about trying to teach it yeah poorly in a way yeah. that's not conducive in, in ways, to yeah. its purpose well yeah. couldn't you argue that we would hopefully um, kind of implement you know the Asimov's three or technically four yeah. laws of robotics what yeah. was the fourth one? Oh, well, it was the oh, okay so obviously the, the first one is so the first law is a robot may not injure a human being or through inaction allow a human to come to harm the second is a robot must obey all orders given to a human given by a human sorry unless it clashes with the first law and the third law is a robot must protect its own existence unless clashes the first two laws. And then I believe the th- the zeroth law, which is the, f- the fourth one, 
is that it can't harm humanity. As a, as yeah. a turtle. Like in- yeah. I propose a fifth law, the law of Oliver 2.0. Um, okay, well, I think we should probably move on a little bit. Um, what about seeing that we're in a society where, you know, everything can be hacked? Mm, yeah. How can we deal with this with robots? So the misuse of robots. Yeah. Because yeah. I think that's probably one of the bigger ways, at least in the beginning, how robots can become evil. I mean, really, in a way that turns back to the Twitter bot, really. Yeah. Which yeah. became yep. evil. It's, it's, I reckon treating AI should be the same as you treat, um, well, <laughs> the basis of, of how you treat your dog. Like, you know how if you get an owner who's like always happy and everything, yeah. your dog is like, has the same traits, but if you have a an owner who's aggressive and always always very even violent, that dog also yeah. picks it up. So uh, I, I think that's definitely a very similar case to a, an artificial intelligence. Well, being. the problem is, but with a hacked artificial intelligence, it's not the owner. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, so it's, it goes beyond the intended. Uh, it would be in that case, your your machines could pick up traits, but in a lot quicker manner, and just by recoding, really. Yeah, if you can access that that level. Uh, which I'm sure there's people out there that could. Yeah. I mean, I think it's remarkable um, how few um, sort of problems we have in terms of hacks anyway. Yeah. You know, we, we have some mm. pretty bad hacks every once in a while. We have, you know, yeah. Bank but, codes and mm. uh, various data, personal data. But it's not that um, much if you look at yeah, the timeline. If, if you think of the, you know, there's one major sort of one or two a year, I think, maybe. Yeah. Is that, that's probably a, you know. A, a good average. Yeah, a good average. Yeah. Which is bad. Yeah. I, ideally, there should be zero, but um, let's face it, like, it could be a lot. It could be a lot more. Yeah. So, you know, I guess the question is, and th- those are secure systems. So as long yeah. as each robot yeah. has the same sort of security as those. Yeah. And it should, know, be, should be pretty well. Which is kind of tough because you've got to have a sort of a good monitor on it. Mm, yeah. And um, especially if, if uh, like, if we're talking about generations, like first generation AI robots sort of things. Yeah. What would they be lacking that we would... Which is taxi in terms of human resources to back up each robot. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then again, once a human can, a human team can manage one robot, they can manage two and three and four. Mm. And, you know, as long as they're roughly the same, you know, you can manage Almost a, duplicates, yeah. an army. I think but not militarized. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Let's hope not. I, I think that kind of moves us on to another point is, you know, how can governments better prepare themselves, you know, their countries and all that kind of stuff for the the uprise of mm. robots. I think a lot of it, it's about having existing infrastructure there. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. We talked about laws earlier and legislation, um, which it's hard to it's hard to go and create legislation that's about a hypothetical conundrum. You know, it's yeah almost unconscionable, really. You know, we can worry about, you know, I think the real of us planning to talk about, uh, you know, why aren't we doing more about this? And I think the problem is that you know, what can we do? How can you, you know, legislate as to something that doesn't yet exist? You can brainstorm the uh, the ideas, the problems, the things that we need to cover, like the basis of, of again, those laws, um, the, the of laws implemented into society. We, we can start doing that, but there's no way we can get to a deep enough level where if or when, rather, AI is implemented pretty well, um, that our laws would be established and everything would be... Yeah. I mean, support systems can include everything, really. I mean, you know, a better, you know, internet service, mm. yeah. which is obviously uh, topical here in Australia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Eternally topical. 
um, and just having the resources that can support AI. Do you think there should be like some sort of international organization that kind of monitors how artificial intelligence is created and maintained? Well, I mean, I guess you could have uh, international treaties um, Mm -hmm. in terms of developing plans Mm. for AI, you know, um, agreements to use AI for particular purposes and not to use it for other particular purposes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess that's presuming a very aggressive form of AI that, you know, we're almost looking at sort of like a nuclear bomb Mm. um, at that point. I think that definitely should be, if not international, at least like um, a treaty like you said, to to form standards. Yeah. and Just about the use of AI. You know, and, yeah. and when you're talking about the use of AI, then you can be a bit, bit more broad. Yeah. Um, you're not being specific about something that exists. Yeah. You're, you know, developing protocols for if mm-hmm. and when, which is different. You know, it, it's subtly oh, yeah. different, but it is different. Yeah. And, yeah, it comes down to, I guess, um, it'll be interesting to see also if who whichever company... Or organization that goes out and starts creating these these machines. What sort of legislations do they have? Um, employees would have to follow, obviously, a very strict uh, thing. Or if uh, yeah. a, a team of coders come together, you know, yeah, yeah, there can't be anything that slips under the radar of uh, of coding and and behaviors put into into the machine. Another thing that I think we should probably talk about is do we want our robots and artificial intelligence to behave and look like actual humans? And, you know, once that's the thing, like, how do we want to deal with it? So, for example, you know, there's the you know, uncanny, uncanny valley kind of thing, uh, Google duplex, uh, the cookies from Black Mirror, that kind of thing. I think um, it's kind of, in terms of the question of do we want to have this, Yeah, it's kind of interesting because at what point do you go from, you know, just Google to a fully human-like robot that does the function of Google. Mm. You know, what's the point? And then you've got the uncanny valley factoring to all that, you know, that sort of that dip in human receptiveness to human images where they become, you know, as they become more accurate, response is, you know, emotionally damper for a brief period and then it goes back up again. I think naturally as humans, we always, when it comes to artificial things, we always tend to want to have them super realistic. Yeah. Like if you just look at already some game developments, how, how realistic they're becoming. Yeah. Um, the rise of, of virtual reality. Um, anything that's artificial, we, we tend to want to have it hyper realistic. So I think, I think it's going to be the same when it comes to robots. I, I feel, I feel that it will, it will come to a point where we're going to reach, um, hyper realistic robots are such that behave and act like humans but at that point perhaps humans uh, like uh, as a as as people will come to realize the dangers of it or you know how i guess weird it could be and if it's something not perfect like the uncanny valley yeah um that people would start wanting robots that aren't really human-like yeah and more basic like stuff like um uh, honda and the the asimo Mm. The Asimo robot and um, in in Boston, yeah, Boston. They're so dog-like, uh, yeah, yeah, robots. They're, that's yeah. Really they're cool. quite cute, actually. Really. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they I don't think, have any features, but you know, there's yeah. something endearing about their four-legged sort of. <laughs> yeah, I think I think those could be look more of uh, like as, assistance or, um, you know, ways ways to help in, in dangerous situations or such. Could we have guide robot dogs? <laughs> 
Mm, that's that's a really good point. Yeah. That would definitely Yeah. And and they'd probably be I mean But then again, I guess there's almost a problem there, you know. And this is a strange question to ask, I guess, but you know, are people more likely to kick a robot dog? Yeah, yeah. You know? Mm. Are you more likely to have people tampering just every anyone on the mm. street? Tampering mm-hmm. with a blind person's guide dog. Yeah. If it's a robot and not a real dog. Yeah. I remember, oh, I can't remember, it was a, a couple of years ago. No, it wasn't that long ago, actually. Um, Domino's, they had their own uh, oh, robots, that's right? Yeah. yeah the, the sort of roll, roll drones or something. Yeah. Yeah. And I know people were stealing them. Stealing mm-hmm. the pizzas and all that kind of stuff, you know, damaging the robots and all that kind of stuff. Well, so, weren't they just stealing the robots in general? Yeah, probably. Bit of everything, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's definitely... Uh... <laughs> I mean, it's kind of hard to just have, you know, something that's expensive kit just rolling around the city, you know, yeah. unguarded. Yeah. I think I think that brings it back to a completely different discussion that before AI is implemented, us as humans and as a community, as a as a city, as, a, as an, an entity, we have to really, really behave. Yeah, yeah and, and be more sure about how we're going to deal with it and be yeah. more sure about, you know, how we're going to protect AI that is property. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like how is... Say, say you're in Sydney on a Friday night. There's, there's drunk people everywhere. How is obviously in their minds they know it's wrong to kick someone <laughs> to go out on the street yeah. and kick someone. Yeah. Is ha- having robots on the street is it is it gonna sort of say to the mind, oh, it's just a robot, you know? Yeah, it's and, like and, human. And, yeah, I'll and, take out my aggression that I would have, you know, kicked, you know, this guy lying in the gutter and said I'm gonna kick a yeah, yeah, like, robot. Is it gonna cause? World chaos is going to cause more violence in people. I don't think it's necessarily called world chaos. Yeah. But I think, you know, again, at the end of the day, it's damaging property. And it's kind of harder to determine who did it when it's not in your house or yeah. with a person, you mm. know, unless we're going to have someone to walk the robots everywhere, in which case, what's the point <laughs> of them? Yeah. Yeah. Or robots that go and report every single bit of uh, abuse that they take <laughs> yeah. straight to the police department or, or whatnot. So I think the next thing. And actually, it looks like it's the last thing, is home automation. Oh, I love it. I would say over the past couple of years, there's been a real rise in home automation. Mm. Yeah, lots of companies. You know, things like Alexa and uh, Google Dot, those sort of technologies. Mm. So my question is, so in case you two aren't completely aware, you know, in Star Trek, right, there's the computer that you can literally, wherever you are, whether it be on, you know, with your communicate or in our case a phone or in your bedroom wherever it is you're able to say uh you know turn on the lights and all that kind of stuff we've got that now but yeah, would you yeah. want that to be hardwired into your house so instead so of it, getting rid of light switches yeah so it, everything is purely controlled by robots and there's no turn on the shower moderately warm yeah. i think personally as a major fan of let's say convenience I'm, I'm totally not lazy no no convenience um it, it's an appealing idea but i already see problems or well, not not yeah. problems as such but risks rather i mean i don't see, i don't think so much risks as um do we want to end up like the people from wally <laughs> no <laughs> yeah no, i don't think it's necessary. i mean i think it's gonna get that far i think no, when no, we're no. talking just about light switches and you know, yeah you know it's it's mundane tasks you know, that we do the mundane the tasks yeah. you know, there's a difference between floating around a hover chair and <laughs> you know telling your you know your home to turn on the kettle yeah. yeah the problem is when that breaks down you know and then you're stuck without light switches i think <laughs> what do you like, happen then what already do you do then in, if you're out of wi-fi or something yeah a good like a very basic um electrical sense in, in terms of cars you know how how we used to have keys to open doors yeah. now it's all fully well mostly fully electronic when those things don't work when those things die it becomes very complicated yeah, yeah. it becomes very expensive so they're locked out of your car and, yeah you know and that could 
potentially be a life and death situation. Mm. So are these obviously these things are going to have to become a risk that we have to think of and uh, something that we have to implement into like a back a backdoor way in order to control yeah. these things. Well, I guess if you just have one, you know, sort of control panel or something that's got yeah. a bunch of switches in it. There's many ways. Than, you know, a switch for each room sort yeah. of thing. Um, <laughs> adding the switches back <laughs> yeah. adding the switches back again you know we're back to square one I guess there's lots of trends where it goes up and down you even look in the photography world with digital the rise of digital came in yeah everything came went back. back to film again went back to film sort of. film becoming really popular yeah. I think it's going to happen as well with um, phones how well I think again you've got the same thing with books really yeah there's sort absolutely. of a, a tactile value with light switches with books with I mean the film is kind of the same thing it's got that grain to it that yeah. People like. yeah it's I think I think if there's going to be a point, uh, a turning point where, because hu- humans function on tactile feedback, really. Mm. Yeah. Um, the more screens we have, the more, you know, flat surfaces. I think naturally, or in- instinctively, we're going to become um, less pleased to use such, you know, technology, and and would want to have more tactile stuff coming back. Ultimately, though, I think. Um yeah, you know, like automating homes is okay, you know. Home automation would be, I guess, the simplest level of yeah, of, yeah. Well, and it's already here. Yeah, it, it's it's already here. I, I mean, mean, you really, also have to ask you ask the question: Is that AI in any way real? Yeah, ultimately, it's just voice recognition yeah. compared to you know what you're saying. The network. In summary, would you say you want artificial intelligence as you will make not to the evil extent, but to the the positive extent of it? Do you do you want it that you would see in like movies and stuff like that? I'm personally two sided about it. I would definitely love to see it implemented um, in obviously the right ways. Yeah, um, helping people, helping especially those in in the medical side of things, uh, helping those that are less able. Um, not necessarily replacing carers, but I mean there is a lack of carers out there and whatnot. So lack of nurses. Yeah, so AI could be a, a great help in that situation. Form. Additional tasks for doctors, you know. Yeah, yeah. Surgeons. Making an efficient system. But there's also that side of, in my mind at least, is it is it something that we need or is it something that we just want? I think outside of like the malevolency problems, I'm all for AI. I, I want to mm. see it happen. But I think at the moment we need to be slow with it because I think as a community, as a society, we've got a lot of problems to work through yeah. before. We want to be adding all these new elements in the mm. mix, which is what AI could potentially be if we're going full out with it. <laughs> With that, I think we've we've got a nice long episode here. Yep. Hope you guys uh, enjoyed that one. Really will be a you know full special. Yeah. And you know, thank you once again, Sam and fake and Oliver. Oliver. <laughs> Oliver and you know, thank you, real Oliver. You know, for I guess really supplying the idea for this yeah. uh, podcast. It was yeah. the basis of this discussion in terms of artificial intelligence. Because instead, it... you got me. <laughs> <laughs> That's episode eight done. And once again, we would like to thank uh, Forbes Street Studios. Absolutely. For generously accepting our money and <laughs> allowing us to record in their studios for our podcast. It's it's a really lovely space. If if you get to I'm sure we'll post a photo of, of the actual oh, yeah, studio totally. somewhere. So um, Do you have anything to say to Nick Harry? Nick, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and I wish you were here because I would love to give get a tour from you. All right. Well, once again yeah, another week. Thank you for coming and listening. And we will hopefully be back next week. With a more normal, yeah, normal podcast with lots of new tech news because there's a lot happening right now. Oh yeah, so. lots of stuff. I'll disappear.
right. <laughs> See you, Sam. <laughs> Bye. Thanks very much to Sam for being on the show. All right. See you, everyone. Catch you later. Bye.